Welcome to the Sourced Week in Review podcast. My name is Michael Crutcher. Jordan McDonald, welcome. Hello, Michael. Thank you to everyone for the messages we received for our hundredth yes. episode last week. I know. And also for our ten years in business, which coincided for whatever reason that coincided. Yes. I don't know. Massive. So thank you very much for the wishes. Now, Jordan, let's get in, into this straight away. Qantas, mm. it's been a massive week. It has. <laughs> it's been a massive week. And we've spoken about Qantas a fair bit on this podcast, and not just in the last two weeks, but we've been talking about this for a while because it's been a brewing mm. mess. And if you like, I guess the cliffhanger moment occurred this week when the CEO, Alan Joyce, left early about two months before he was supposed to yep. retire in a blaze of glory. And I guess what we want to look at now in this podcast, because what we look at is, of course, audience engagement and how people consume things, make their minds up on things. And media strategy is a really important part of that. And yep. the media strategy behind what's happened to Qantas has been – just terrible to say the least. Mm. And the federal government is involved in this as well and they've got questions to answer about what they were thinking over recent months. So and it's not as if they didn't have a heads up on what was happening in Qantas because we've quoted many times the rear window columnist in the Financial Review, Joe Ashton. Yep. I mean, he's done his best, if you like, to warn Qantas and the federal government about the stench that was growing around this. So his columns this week after the demise of Alan Joyce were worth the price of the paper alone. So we just want to have a quick look at this mess, and it is a mess. Yes. Um, my former colleague at the Korea Mail, Dennis Atkins, has got a line he likes to use from the movie No Country for Old Men when uh, – a sheriff and a young officer are at a particularly gruesome crime scene and the young officer says, it's a mess, ain't it, Sheriff? And the sheriff said, if it ain't, it'll do till a mess gets here. <laughs> and Qantas has got itself a mess in so many ways. Okay, let's go back to some of these bad decisions this year that Qantas really should have seen coming because seriously, a mole squinting into the sun would have been a chance to see this stuff. One is the new CEO is Vanessa Hudson. She took over this week. Now that's usually great because it's a fresh start and the new CEO usually comes without any baggage, except that's not the case. So Vanessa Aston earlier this year when Joe Aston was repeatedly going against Qantas in his rear window column, Qantas decided it would be a really good idea if Vanessa Aston's name was attached to a column having a crack at Joe Aston, which the Financial Review mm. ran, like a red rag to a bull. So Aston took her on from that moment and had her in his sights. Yeah. And her May the first press conference when it was announced she would eventually take over after the big Alan Joyce six-month victory lap, she was brutalised by Aston and the media. So whoever decided that it would be a good idea to get the person who was likely to be appointed the new CEO to write a column having a crack at the financial review, or, uh, sorry, at Qantas's number one critic, 
I mean, seriously. Yeah. Who's deciding that? Oh, it's just, you have to wonder. It's just dumb play, number one. Okay, the government's known for a long time that Qantas was on the nose. If even one cabinet minister had read one rear window column over the past six months, they would know that this was potentially a bad situation, yet they doubled down. Mm. So they doubled down. The PM even attended a press conference with Alan Joyce and Qantas two weeks ago to support The Voice. Yes. We discussed that on this podcast. We did, we did. What the heck was the Prime Minister doing at this press conference with Alan Joyce? I mean, again, I go back to the the squinting mole looking into the sun. If you couldn't see that coming, <laughs> you can't see anything. Now, what then comes of these things, of course, with media strategy is that anything that can be related to these things is then dragged in and becomes part of the main game. So what we've got now is the lingering mess around the Qatar Airlines decision by the federal government. So the federal government blocking Qatar Airlines from increasing its routes into Australia and this is linked to who's the main beneficiary of this, Qantas. Now, the problem for the government here is that the flip-flopping on the reasons that they blocked the Qatar Airlines application are all over the place. And today, the Financial Review actually steps through all of the different excuses the government's senior ministers have given since August, and it's quite staggering. So again, where's the media strategy play here to Mm. realise that this could become a mess and you'll be implicated. Then go on to the tentacles of these stories because the chair of Qantas, Richard Goiter, is also the chair of the AFL Commission and Woodside. He has been hammered by the media over his role at Qantas, which he continues to defend, and the media hammering of him is not going to stop. So do you think the AFL is a bit concerned about where this goes? (laughs) Again, this is media strategy being played out here. You would teach this stuff if there was such a thing as a media strategy school in the most basic class to first year students. <laughs> this wouldn't even be PhD level stuff. This is really basic stuff. Yet what we're seeing here is that Qantas, the federal government, have made such a hash of this. It is mind blowing. And now we see the tentacles start to spread. Yeah. To see the other appointments that some of these Qantas board members have and what goes through there. So that's what I wanted to talk about in the weekend review today because I'm still bewildered by what's happened. But Jordan, what are your thoughts on this? Well, now comes the continued fallout. We say here at 55 Comms that that the crisis comms principle is never about what happens. It's, what, it's about what happens after you learn about something. That's right, because what we say is that Australian audiences are quite forgiving. That's exactly They it. will forgive if something goes bad, generally they'll forgive it. What they will not forgive is when organisations try to cover up, say really stupid lines, mm-hmm. they do not forgive that. No, and that's what good journalists are doing now. They're going back to find out when Qantas knew it was being investigated by the ACCC for selling tickets on 8,000 flights that it had already cancelled. Yes. And was that before or after Qantas, the Qantas board signed off on Alan Joyce selling $17 million worth of his shares? Yeah, good question, was it? So how much has Alan Joyce walked away with in a bonus? We don't know the answer to that, but we will find out when the AGM arrives. 
There's a lot to happen here and the media strategy that fails to see into the future can make matters so much worse. No, that's it. It's, uh, there's a bit more to go here. And if that was the sort of the, the cliffhanger episode of the Qantas drama series this mm. week with Joyce walking away, I think we've still got a bunch of episodes to go before this season ends. Oh, for sure. So let's see what for happens. Sure. Qantas has been through this over its time, of course. It's 100 years old, mm-hmm. goes through different things. But... You know, not saying it won't come out of this, of course not. It's, it's an established company with a dominant business position in Australia, but how it extricates itself from the stench of it will be very interesting to see and hopefully there will be people there who are making smarter decisions than the ones made earlier this year. But uh, and enough of our rant. Jordan, TikTok, we haven't spoken about TikTok for a while. I oh, know, it's been a minute. But, but there's something happening. Yeah, so, that, so TikTok is looking to expand its features So the company has been posting a heap of new job listings to assist with some of its plans of building a more social networking and better private messaging capability within the app. Yep. So TikTok is doing this because it's concerned that some of its users are sharing TikTok videos on other social media and messaging apps. And they discuss them with friends there. Yep. So naturally the company wants to retain the user engagement. Yes. Which will include uh, offering functions beyond video entertainment and include some live shopping, which we mentioned not too long ago yep. on the podcast. So TikTok's looking to hire some engineers and product managers, and they're going to create a specific social interaction team. And that's going to be aimed at enabling users to connect with real-life friends in the app. Um, and the main focus will, will uh, or seems to be improving the direct messaging feature, which is currently yep. limited in, in its functionality. Um, It is a shift in purpose for the platform, I reckon. So TikTok grew, obviously, from its reputation as being the social platform for viral videos. Now it's hoping to align itself a bit more with a platform like Facebook, which is providing users with uh, more meaningful social connections, or so it says. So so it's that old one where you just want to keep people on your app for us. You just want to keep everything in your app. Yeah, that's right. Pretty much. You want to keep that. So what do you think about this then? Well, I'm interested to see how it develops, particularly the direct messaging function. Um, My brothers and I, in particular, we have TikTok. We all share a TikTok account or different ones, and so we can send each other funny videos as we come across them. But often we'll get the funny one that we want to send to Dad, but to get it to Dad, we've got to go (laughs) well outside the app. Yeah, He couldn't be further from TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) He could not be further, so... (laughs) I'm interested to see if there is a way that they can allow you to share some of the content out to people who don't have an account but keep it all within the app. I think yeah. that would be pretty big. Okay. Or how you make that person outside want to come in. That'll be that'll be interesting, I reckon. You don't reckon your old man will get a, a TikTok account? Oh, look, he's not far off it. He does um, – he loves to share the reels on yep. Instagram, so he's halfway yep. there. Oh, that's a big step yeah. for him. So I don't know. Do we gatekeep TikTok or do we just let him go? <laughs> I don't know. We can follow this on the podcast. Um, hey, one we wanted to talk about because this is really interesting. We've spoken a lot yes. about um, AI and the large language models, mm-hmm. the LLMs like ChatGPT and, and others. But what we talk about is that they have to get their information from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So they don't just – come up with these things on their own. They obviously go and find them from other parts of the internet. But something you wanted to bring up this week, there's been an interesting story about what's happening in response to some of these large language models. Yeah, so there's a story and it says that approximately 20% of the world's top 1,000 websites are blocking crawler bots 
that are being used to gather data for the AI services, so like ChatGPT. Yep. That's according to a report from an AI content detector. Um, so these crawler bots, what these crawler bots are doing is called scraping. And it means that AI services are using these automated computer programs or bots and it's going to scrape the information from websites on the internet and use it to train their models. So ChatGPT knows uh, things based on the information it has scraped off the yep. internet. Now this is important because websites are taking matters into their own hands and that's because there's a lack of clear uh, legal or regulatory governing uh, rules around AI's use of copyright material. So OpenAI introduced its sorry GPT bot crawler in August yep. because it wanted to start gathering data and improve the future models of ChatGPT and other AI projects it's working on. However, several of those high-profile news sites, including the New York Times and CNN, they've started blocking it. Right. And it led to a 12% block rate by the end of August. And then other large sites like Amazon, Quora and Indeed are among the biggest blockers of the chat GPT bot as well. So the, the common crawler bot, which is another web data crawler used by the AI services, it's facing 6.7% block rate across the top 1,000. Look, it's, it's pretty much, it's becoming an emerging trend. So websites, yeah. websites can instruct these crawlers to stay away and this, is, this cooperation is voluntary. Um, is it, this, this is important because... We've discussed this for a bit, especially news outlets, they continue to battle to get, uh, I guess, monetizing capabilities from their sites. Yeah. They, they see this as a fresh way to get more money into their sites by saying, hey, if you want to scrape information off us, you're going to have to pay for it. Yeah. And certainly News Corp and other big media companies have mm. said that getting AI to pitch up money as a key component in revenue changes. So it's really important to see what's happening here. Yeah, it is. And you mentioned it. So the publishers, the intellectual property holders, they have they've obviously long objected to the web crawlers and the and the rise of these large language models. And probably because they wish they invented it themselves. Exactly right. <laughs> um, so many of these media companies are now exploring some licensing agreements with these AI firms. And um, if you're not, the other ones are considering legal action against the companies who use who use that data without their permission. Yeah, and they had to find out then how are they using that data? Mm. What what is specific to their I guess, outlets that's not elsewhere. Otherwise, how do you prove that? That's it. Now, this creates a problem though, this blocking, because these AI services, as these, sorry, AI services continue to commercialise quite rapidly, media companies are forced to grapple with the ethical implications of introducing AI into the newsrooms. And if more websites block AI crawlers, it could hinder the development and refinement of AI products and makes good, hard, good data harder to come by. And pretty much what that's going to mean is the future models of ChatGPT will be less reliable and less factually correct. Well, that's right. But that's also the, I guess, the challenge for newsrooms is that some of them do want to use AI in what they do. Mm -hmm. So while they want money off AI, they also want to use AI because it's cheaper than paying for a journalist. Yeah. So how do they marry all that up? It's, it's quite... A challenge. What do you think about this? This is definitely a trend that's gaining momentum quite quickly and it's a real problem for AI. Um, without obviously the access to the high quality uh, information, the responses that the future AI models will give, 
will be less reliable and helpful. So I'm interested to see how this affects legislation because the need for clear guidelines is increasing by the day. Yeah. No, very good point. Now, look, we wanted to bring this one up because it is a great example of how social media can skew what's happening. But this week, Burning Man, the big festival in the Nevada desert, it became a mess when it was rained upon from a great height and it's in the desert. So there was all sorts of slush and people couldn't get out. They were trapped. But last weekend there was a rumour that started with lightning speed that said there'd been an outbreak of Ebola at Burning Man. Goodness. Not only were they trapped in the slush, they were also dealing with Ebola. So how did that happen? Well, it turns out someone has faked up a screenshot from the US Centre for Disease Control and Prevention Mm -hmm. and they said tweeted and deleted, apparently there's an Ebola outbreak at Burning Man right now, which sent social media users into a frenzy. There's another post that came up then, showed a video of people evacuating Los Angeles International Airport. It was captioned, private jet from Burning Man lands at LAX and gets quarantined on the runway and airport evacuated. Right. So off it goes. We know how this happens. Your thoughts, Jordan? Look, I'm not surprised. I read the article. I'm not surprised that Twitter or X was... um, played a pretty key role in the spread of this misinformation. Um, that state of, the state of that platform is shocking. We've discussed this plenty. But what stands out to me is the clear example of the risks of this paid verification feature that Elon's allowed. Yes. Despite b- being available to everyone, people still attribute a blue tick with someone whose opinion is reliable yep. and important. This is really da- dangerous in a situation like the uh, Burning Man Ebola misinformation situation. Yes. Um, because that information is being circulated by a few accounts with some blue ticks who are really just nobodies. Yeah, they just paid for it. Exactly right. So it's, 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 it's you know it's another one of Elon's genius ideas, I reckon. And just a quick one towards the end here. Some stories lately that magazines in Australia are back on the rise. So that circulation and profit of magazines is back on the rise. Look, I, I don't know. I'm just interested to see how this happens. There's talk here about a relaunch of the print version of Elle magazine. It's a rumour so far, hasn't been confirmed. Um, and maybe the revival of men's health and women's health, which uh, died recently. Okay. Um, the, some of these are out there. Look, I, I'm still interested to see whether this is right or not. I, I still think niche publications can work and there's no doubt they can mm-hmm. if you have an audience willing to pay for it. But yeah. Talk about a rise of magazines where we all go back into news agents and start to get magazines again. I'm not sure about that. So I just need to wait and see. But on that note, Jordan, let's finish for this week by going, and we haven't done this for a while, and we wanted to do this because Stephen Green will be co-hosting the show when you're away oh, shortly. Yes. And I know that he loves to stay across what's happening in the celebrity magazines. This is one of Greeny's true loves in life. He loves these magazines. So... <laughs> Let's go and have a look at the Woman's Day for this week. Uh, now, look, um, I must say I'm not a massive fan of this layout. It's a, uh, it's a bit of a meal, isn't it? Said as a former newspaper editor, it's a bit of a mess, that layout. But anyway, mm. that's me being particular. But the big story here is uh, Prince Harry and Harry's finally home. So he's there with – I think that's a doctored photo of him and uh, King Charles. I'd say so. But – 
there's a photo of the Queen there in better days and they're gathering for her memorial. So that's a, uh, that's a big thing. Harry's finally home and that's, that's big. Now, there's a, a trouble in uh, Monaco. There's a marriage scandal in Monaco. A marriage scandal. Okay. Uh, there's a Babs and Bill bombshell, as in Barbara Streisand and Bill Clinton. Now, two people I didn't expect to see on the front of Woman's Day. No. But there is a bombshell there. I don't know what the bombshell is, but because the word bombshell is written in italics, I think it's something big. Mm. Because if you're going to put a headline in italics, with an exclamation mark too. With, yeah, with an exclamation mark there. There's got to be something big there. And someone I've never heard of from the block is dating a tradie. Shana, she's one of the judges. Okay. Is this big news she's dating a tradie? Did you see this coming? No. No, well, there Didn't you go. Didn't see it coming. Any, no all. italics in the headline though, so maybe it's not as big a shock as whatever Babs and Bill are doing. Now, you're across New Idea where there's also block <laughs> stuff going on there too. Yeah, it says uh, Mean Girls group chat leaked. So, Do you just, know these Mean Girls? I don't. I, I didn't even know the season was on there we at go. all. Look, I watched the last one quite uh, diligently but not, not this one off at it. all. I don't even know it started. But I'd say it's just a girls chat which uh, has been leaked. Yeah, it's been <laughs> Whether leaked. Whether or not it's mean or not. So yes. Speculation. Uh, but the main thing on this one is Megan snubs Charles at the Queen's Memorial. Oh, she snubbed him. Was she there? Snubbed him apparently. Wow. I know. And she snubbed him. Yeah, snubbed him apparently. And King's Fury too. Yeah, King's Fury. He's what else happy. we got? We've got Terry's dating rules for Robert's girlfriend. Terry Irwin. So who's she giving the rules to, Terry, uh, to uh, Rob or the, or the girlfriend? I Look, this is why you've got to buy the magazine. You've got to find mm. this stuff out. Yes. Pete and Jess, we've still got that spark. That's fantastic I'm news. I'm sure it's a warming for everyone. It's great. Uh, Lauren Newton, my babies, my, my Albies are born fighter. There we go. The we'll Newton family, going. always do good business. And now Very you've good. left out the most important one there. The air fryer scones. Air fryer scones. Mm. I was leaving it for last. Only three ingredients. Can air. you believe it? Well, I, I can believe that air fryer scones. I'm interested in the recipe for air fryer scones. I just think you're starting to really, you may as well go to the shop and buy the scones. Well, yeah, at that point. You've got to have some well, type you of... buy three ingredients, you might as well just... You know, Money-wise, well, that has to be add up. It's got to be some same. sort of challenge in the cook, doesn't there? Mm. It's just going to whack that in the air fryer for three ingredients. Anyhow, any cooking for you this weekend? What is this weekend? Uh, no, no cooking for me this weekend. This is my last weekend in Brisbane for yes. some time. So I've got work tomorrow day down the Gold Coast, and then a friend's birthday in the evening, are and you, then it's all packing are and you the rest. Yet? No, that's tonight's job. Oh, okay. Mm, yes. And a big weekend, the Brisbane Lions too yes. tomorrow night. This will be a Yeah, we've got the Bronx tonight too, don't we? Yes, I've got tickets to the Lions. I'll be looking forward to that. Ooh, heading out there. So uh, enjoy Excellent. the weekend. You too.